This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Hallelujah, Father God. We are thankful for your word. We come this holiday season, Father, to commemorate your incarnation, being called Emmanuel, God with us. We're thankful, Father God. We pray that your spirit will prevail. Go into the very soil of our souls. Prepare the soil of our souls that we will receive wholeheartedly and will be enabled by God's Spirit to understand as he illuminates, as he reveals the truth in the word. And may it work as a prophetic curricular journey. You will teach us, Lord. You will guide us. You will be that paracletos. You will walk alongside us and be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, that we may hide the word in our heart and will not sin against God. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're going to find me yet here at the Lawful Works of Grace series and we're going through this uh, Christmas season message uh, as the Lord has given to me some years ago and he has given some more prophetic meaning as we are living in today's uh, world where there's so much uh, to pray about my God but this message is called journey to Bethlehem and we are in part two today we're going to be in Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 and 2, and verses 10 and 11. It's our ongoing journey to Bethlehem scripture, and there will be others. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for each and every one of you. I thank God for God healing and delivering and setting free this week, enabling us to be here today. Amen. We know the devil has other plans, but God, amen, is in us, and he's working it out, and we depend on God. We want him to be pleased with us, and we want his handiwork to be glorified throughout the earth. And Ah, nobody going to turn me around. We're going to keep praising the Lord. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Others don't see the importance, but if you have been born again, you know there's an importance in getting into the fellowship with the saints. Amen. So I thank God that there are some folks that still know the worth of that. Amen. Thank God for you and you and you. Thank you, my family and uh, my son here today. And praying God continue to heal and cover him. Thank God for my wife. Amen. Singing so under the anointing and masterfully as she is an artist. And God gives her songs. Amen. I thank God for her. To the scripture, we see Matthew 2 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king. Notice the history there. They are letting us know when it happened, and they can check their records. Amen. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. In part one of this series, 
uh, mini-series, uh, the focus of the journey to Bethlehem was the importance of how the wise men or magi experienced a what renewing of their mind. And God was looking for us to get that message that he can work by the power of his spirit in our lives, that he will renew our mind. And uh, yes, there's a one-time deal, but then there's uh, other deliverances. There are powers of sin. And sometimes we have to uneducate because we have been miseducated. There has to be uh, a new learning. <laughs> sometimes God has to teach us out of our stuff, amen, and show us the right way to go. And he'll make us do a book burning, amen, in our heart. Uh, that wasn't the right way. Here's the best way, amen. And he will illuminate you. Search the scripture, and in them you will find eternal life. And that's what these magi were able to do. They found the one that made the stars that they were gazing at. And, and they became uh, uh, disciples of Christ, amen. And uh, there are practical ways of living uh, our life and then we will uh, be empowered by God and he will help us leave our life in the wilderness, leave it behind and he will help us to establish and maintain uh, a victorious citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. And that's what, the, that's what the Magi were able to experience. And here we are today, wise people still seek God today. God's revelation uh, to me for this series is the evangelical significance of the geographic place called Bethlehem as a type of the heavenly kingdom. The recorded journey of the Magi to Bethlehem serves as a natural model of the humble entry into the divine realm of God's kingdom. Amen. We all need to take the journey to Bethlehem. It's first a journey in the mind, from the carnal mind of our sinful flesh to the spiritual mind of the regenerated spirit and um that has to happen. Jesus said, marvel not, you must be born again. It's a result of being born again by the saving power of God. This journey is a change from the control of the flesh to the control of the Holy Spirit. From serving idols to serving God as we are moved by his perfected love within us, and it is a change of mind. We will get a holy mind. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He will renew. He will transform. Move us from death to life, from sinfulness to justified sinlessness. Amen. Now let us continue our journey. The journey to Bethlehem, part two. This is dealing with the traits of true Christian disciples. The traits of true Christian disciples. Matthew 2, uh, 3 through 12 shows us some treasure from glory. The Holy Ghost helps us to see that the Magi, uh, as compared to Herod and the rest of Jerusalem, were five main things. They were diligent seekers. They were true worshipers. 
They were engrafted by the Holy Ghost, became loyal citizens of the heavenly kingdom since they were gazing in the heavens. Amen. Now God made them citizens of the heavenly kingdom. And for they were uh, consecrated, they became consecrated. God uh, showed that there is a purpose in glory higher, much higher than the stars they gazed at. My God. And five, they were newly begotten disciples of Christ. Stars of the S-O-N shine. Stars of the sunshine. We have to reflect the light of Christ, don't we? Amen. This takes us to trait number one, the traits of true Christian disciples. Trait number one. Number one is that we should have childlike faith. Isn't it like God to begin with the simple thought? My God, he's not a perplexing uh, sounding philosopher who wants us to be confused. Amen. He said, come to me as a child. My God, we lost some of our expectancy. Some of the wonder has left our eyes. My God. And we began to uh, exchange the O for an A, became wanderers. And, And we go to and fro, groping in darkness. But God said, we don't have to be like that. Let the word be a lamp unto your feet and I will show you the way. Children are guided along, right? Hand in hand. We, 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 we guide them along. We need to be like that. Put our hand uh, in God's hand. We used to sing that song in the 70s. Place your hand in the hand of the man from what? Galilee. Amen. Thank God. Take a look at yourself and you will look at others differently by placing your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. My God. We need to go back to some of them old songs. Now, to become disciples of Christ, in other words, citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we must enter in through the manger in Bethlehem. Yes, that uh, vulnerable place, that innocent place of being a humble child. Yes, the childhood stage of the royal priesthood. Through that bread shed, I call it. Ah, because it was a house of bread, Bethlehem, my God. Uh, The bread shed of Jerusalem that typifies the humble heart that God will exalt. The way up is the way down, my God. The scriptures reveal that there are kingly mansions being prepared in the residence of glory, but the humble, lonely, narrow way is the only way to get there. It is the uh, temptation of the devil that will cause us to look elsewhere. See, it's tempting to seek after prideful ambitions that build us up, that will make us look grand and all of that. But if we look in scripture, Psalm 127 and 1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor uh, in vain. We could be doing a work in vain. We could be as on a proverbial treadmill, sweating, but uh, haven't left uh, where we were standing, right? We're just sweating in one place. That's good, my God, to get some exercise, but not if you're trying to uh, make a move. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) You need to place your feet on solid ground. Amen. We can make the right spiritual connection with God only through prayer. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Through prayer. And we have this opportunity only because God made it available to us. He wants us to totally trust in his sovereign provisions towards us. Uh, This is the basic process of faith. 
that happens when we choose to be chosen by God. Yes, you have to choose to be chosen. God chose all of us, but you want, do you want to be chosen? Amen. Uh, they, they, they say it in the store, grade A choice. Uh, USDA made it grade A choice. Uh, but I want to be God's choice. But all of us are. But not all of us want to be. You got to want this thing. When the Holy Ghost taps you and sobers you up, he'll help you to make a sober decision. And then that will be chronicled throughout all eternity that you said no. And then you will be separated from God. There will be a great gulf and you won't be able to get back to God. The time to accept him is when? Right now. Not when the glories open up. Oh, that's what he meant. Oh, now I can come. No, he wants you to come right now. Thank God. <laughs> Faith, amen. Uh, you got to trust God. Yes, what that means. Yes, yes. You got to learn how to trust God. Trust him at his what? Word. Not so much his miracles, his what? Word. Yes, miracles do give us some evidence about him, but I I'm trusting his word. You don't have to show me something new. Open the Red Sea again, Lord, if you're such a Lord. No, he already did that. Time to do some other things. Amen. He's, gonna, he's not going to come by uh, destroying earth with water. There's going to be a new way. He's a fiery presence. And, and when he comes, my God, he burns up everything that's sinful. My God, you might want to have yourself what? Transformed formed. You might want to become gold as far as heaven's standard is. Amen. The uh, earth's gold will dissipate, but heavenly gold, my God, it gets just gets better and better. My God, I want to be like that. I want to remember that, uh, you know what, I didn't choose God. He what chose me. He wants to make me pure gold. What about John 15, 16? You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. God said it in his word. I, I, and, I, and I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Not just sit on our blessed assurance, but what? Go forth and produce fruit. Amen. That your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. But you have to be in him. It's not about just pleasures and things and obtaining riches and such. People skip the part of the scripture where it says you got to be in covenant with God. Do his will. Obey his will. We don't want to hear that part. Wait, 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 wait. How can I get to the Cadillac line? You know, that's what we want. My God. What about Hebrews 11:6? It says, and without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. You got to trust him. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that's first, and then that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, not haphazardly seek him, not intermittently, not when it's convenient, when it looks cool in society. I will earnestly do it. Hallelujah. That brings us to trait number two, traits of, the, of, of true Christian disciples. Trait number two, you have to have a childlike hunger for fellowship. Yes, and, and we have friends in them, yes, and we indulge ourselves in them, but we need that holy kind of fellowship. My God, fellowship gives us warmth. It gives us life. My God, we worship, though, for strength, but fellowship helps us to have that warmth from heaven, uh, the, the, the liveliness. We are lively stones, what fit jointly together. And when you have God's life in you, there's a warmth of life. It glows out of you, and people can notice the difference. Amen. 
And if you are saved and set free and filled with the Holy Spirit, when you go to a place, the atmosphere should shift towards the positivity of heaven. But there will be a warfare because the demons will be irked and they will become upset and they will become, you know, shaky and and all the fear that was there will now show itself. First, it looks cozy and cool and a tolerable thing. But then when you come in with the Holy Ghost, all hell breaks loose. And we have to know that of whose we are and that the anointing causes such things. The anointing of God destroys yokes of bondage and yokes are starting to shake and break. My God. We have to realize that it's not going to be cozy all the time when you have the Holy Spirit working in your life. We're in this world, as the saying goes, but not a what part of it, if you know what I mean. Uh, We're not supposed to be what? In fellowship with darkness. And Jesus said, if the world hated me, it's going to hate you. We got to realize that. Yes, uh, so we, we, we do need fellowship, but of the heavenly kind. Amen. Like they said in Close Encounters uh, of the third kind. But I say uh, Close Encounters of the heavenly kind. Amen. I'm going to change it, Spielberg. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyhow. Now look, the 15th chapter of John and other scriptures disclose the fact that God initially pursued us. He wants to have fellowship. He's teaching us how to have fellowship. While we are in our earthly flawed state, he is actually asking us to come to him, seeking diligently to teach us of his loving purpose for us, constantly knocking on the door of our heart in hopes that we will allow him to have fellowship with us and us with him. God also wants us to do the same to him. We ought to be seeking after him. The path of life he made to get to us, in turn, is a blazed trail of life that leads to his eternal kingdom. Because we're here on this finite earth, but there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. I'm not putting my hopes and dreams on this. Amen. I'm not casting all my blue chips here. I'm casting my blue chips up in glory. Amen. Past the blue sky. Amen. Because God said he's prepared a way for me and prepared a place for me. But they say heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. You better let God prepare you to be a sanctuary. Amen. Pure and holy, tried and true. Amen. Thank God. You know, God sought after Adam in the Garden of Eden, uh, in the Garden of Eden after he sinned. Not that he didn't know where Adam was, but he wanted Adam to know that he still wanted him as his own. And also how uh, we should we should also realize that there's a godly romance portrayed in the Bible in the Song of Solomon where it notes, uh, I am my beloved and he is mine. This is showing the heart of God all through scripture from Genesis to Revelation, how God is calling us and prompting us and, and wooing us. My God, and how many times do we turn a deaf ear? How many times? do we not turn towards him and we stay frozen and with our stiff neck towards Sodom my God but the Lord keeps asking keeps seeking keeps knocking toward our being blessed of his will for us and and, and we ought to in turn seek 
ask, seek, and knock towards, amen, our receiving of his blessing, and also that we will bless him with our new lives in him. There has to be a reciprocation going on. Amen. It's a two-way street. Amen. Since God has done so much to make a way for us prior to our realization of his loving work, because while we were sinners, he died for us, amen, it would behoove us to make good uh, of his desires for us and not go on sinning. We will be cut off as chosen unbelievers. If we do not produce righteous fruit, we have to be fruitful. Fruit producers are spiritually fertile disciples of Christ who have made good of his universal call in the spiritual vineyard as the parable of the gospel according to Luke reveals. Luke 13 then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir... The man replied, uh, please leave it alone for one more year, or just one more. Uh, I'll dig around it and, and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then what? Cut it down. My God. See, God fertilizes the vineyard as he is asking, seeking, and knocking after us. We can grow as a tree planted by the river of living water if we heed his tender call. Jesus is tenderly calling today, calling today. My God, we used to sing that hymn when I was a little Baptist boy. My God, nine years old. And once again, I went to the altar to rededicate my life and want to make sure, my God, my, my anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Hallelujah. Thank God, thank God. The Holy Ghost should do that to us from time to time and let us know, Hum, you're, you're a little bit off. You're a little bit off. And sometimes we want to ignore him. Nah, I'm not off. I, I'm where I want to be. No, uh-uh, that's not God's will. That's not God's will. He's like that little fish in the cat in the hat story. Mama went away and then the cat came to play. My God. And the kids shouldn't have let him in there, right? And the fish tried to tell him, uh-uh, this is not right. Y'all got to get, let him get out right now, you know. Fish was the voice of reason, man, by God. I think it was Ichthys, those, the secret symbol for the Christians back in the day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but I thank God that if you will listen to the Holy Ghost, guess what? You will let his voice win because we listen to other voices, you know. We can grow as a tree planted by the living water. If we heed God's tender call. Yes, he's calling for us to be what? Wise men today in all the earth. Look at Psalm 24, 1 if you don't believe me. The earth is what? The Lord's and the what? Fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. What about Ezekiel? Let's go to the Older Testament. Ezekiel, the prophet, 18 and 4. For every living soul belongs to me. The father as well as the son, as well as all family members, both or all alike belong to me. The soul who sins is the one who will die. My God. Let's go to trait number three. We need to have childlike compliance. 
Yes, I'm not talking about when kids do bad things. I know mama said that, but I'm going to do something else, you know. But what about when children, well, you know, they want to avoid Mr. Pop Pop. Nah, I, I, I'm going to obey mom on this here one. You a goody two shoes, you little mama's boy. Well, I'm compliant, you know. That's what I tended to be. And uh, once or twice or maybe thrice, I did let my peers talk me into stuff. My God. And I knew better because I know every time I step out a little bit, there I go. Pop, pop. God had his hand on me forever. My God. I said, God, come on now. I just want to have a little bit of fun. He said, uh, tut, tut. What was that? I want to sweeten up on that attitude. You know, what have I done for thee? Look through the scriptures. You know the scriptures. Yes, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. My God. You know, despite God's diligent pursuit for all souls, you know, many will not choose his righteous predestiny. My God, I had to learn to do it. But sometimes we will choose to remain in sin and face eternal death. Sometimes we do it as children. Well, I'm going to have to go ahead and get a spanking on this one. I'm going to head and do this here. My God, that's a shame. We do it as adults. We haven't stopped. That's why Paul said, put away the childish things. It's not just stuff you pick up. It's an attitude you picked up along the way. Mm. My God, why face eternal death with Satan and his fallen disciples? We could choose better. We got to get out of the pig pen. My God. When God opens our spiritual understanding as to how we ought to trust him to save our soul, you know, it's our responsibility to act promptly according to his eternal desire for us. This gospel message is God's way of opening the spiritual ears of all who hear it. He admonishes us to humbly pray to him, to seek his face, and to repent from sin. That is, turn from our wicked ways. We don't like those kind of words. That's too dog. You got to be nice. You got to have tolerable language. But what God that wrote the Bible calls them what? Wicked ways. Amen. <laughs> that means there are holy tasks we must comply with as Christ's disciples. Talking about the lawful works of grace, y'all. Christ has rules. We say he's a king of kings, and we say all that, and I don't preach. Kings have kingdoms, and kingdoms have rules. Thank God. Look at the word regal. Regal. If you're regal, you are royal, right? Regal. There are royal rules, regulations. Regal people have regulations. Thank God. Yes, Christ has rules. So in Christ's sermon on a common mountain one day in Galilee, he had to teach them about it. He taught a multitude of his followers. So, you know, it begins at home. That's where he started. These people actually became his disciples or people who wanted to wanted uh, more than just a miracle of healing, but more so of the living word. Uh, he wanted to feed them with which was every word, you know, that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In Matthew 5, 1, it says, and seeing the multitudes. He went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And fast forward now to the part of the prayer section of the sermon. We will find that he told them to, in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, 
and it shall be opened unto you. We need to have childlike compliance and do what God is saying. We need to get busy about God's business. If God told us to do it, we got to stop questioning God. Stop thinking that we're God and now that we're God's Savior and Lord. We don't need to save God from looking like a tyrant or some kind of a false philosopher or something. God's word is good and it's always good. It's perfect and always perfect. Stop trying to change it. Stop adding. Stop taking away. We don't got to save God. God's got to save us. Hallelujah. Be compliant. Thank you, Lord. That brings us, to, brings us to trait number four. We need to have childlike growth. Children are growing up fast and furious and always curious. My God, they're growing up. But as you become adult, you start to grow out. My God, but that's a different message. Hallelujah. <laughs> but disciples of Christ must accept his holy word. They got to accept it. Uh, you want to get you want to grow up you got to feed got to get fed right amen baby open your mouth open mouth open mouth oh, open mouth and we put the little baby spoon in there and they take some of it and they spit it out playing stop that uh uh don't do that eat for daddy eat for mommy you know thank God and God's trying to do that to us make us eat right and, and, and he's trying to communicate to us as Lord and Savior. And we, and we are taught by him how to pray effective prayers to him. And uh, we, we got to learn how to tell God all about it. You know, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? Where's the boo-boo? You know, he's trying to talk to us and teach us how to communicate to him. But sometimes we don't stay in prayer long enough to get the message of communication in the spirit. My God, we got to stay there long enough. We got to marinate in his presence. Have a sustained rendezvous, not these little quick Pop-Tart little meetings. My God, we got to talk to him our whole life. Never shut it off. Keep the prayer wheel turning. Amen, mother. Hallelujah. So our whole life, see, the foundations of our attitude must be connected to God, must be acceptable, must be perfectly based on the revealed word of God. If you want to be in God's perfect will, that is, only then uh, will you be able to prayerfully ask for things in his name and get them. And your fasting, yes, your fasting will be effectual, not just a missed meal. You, you see in the 58th chapter of Isaiah, uh, that's going to serve uh, for us as people who want to eat right. Uh, an eternal landmark for those who want to be effective, victorious disciples. Before modern day disciples can be heard by the Most High and receive the comforting guidance and power of the Holy Ghost, they seek to have, uh, usually, if they are called of God, they must be convinced by Him and turn from ungodly ways. That's the biggest conversation of the Holy Ghost. Turn from this, turn from that. Don't do this, don't do that. Ooh, you shouldn't be looking at that. Ooh, don't listen to that. Uh uh. Uh, but we think the Holy Ghost is nitpicky. We want to do whatever. Have my own way, will have mine own way. You know, that's what we want. But we need to listen to what God is saying through the Holy Ghost. We really want the Holy Ghost or we just want a dance partner, a dance teacher. Well, Holy Ghost, teach me how to dance. That's all I need. All right. None of my, never mind all that rest of my life stuff. Stop that. We, we don't want him to do his whole job. 
you know, you know just piece of your little jaw. Uh, I see your little resume, but I, I'm trying to hear all of that. What's lines two through 89 million? What's that? Just line one, that's all I need. All right, the rest of that, that's now too bit too much. That's too saved. How dare us tell the Holy Ghost what's too saved? You're not your own savior. He's helping you to be saved, amen. He's trying to save you from yourself. I had to learn that the Lord came, the Lord came to help me to be saved from my own self. Otherwise, the Holy Ghost said, it's a parenthetical thought. Go ahead and tell them what I was talking to you, talking with you about this morning. Yes, sir, I am. Amen. If God hadn't come in and I allowed him to intervene, yeah, I would have been a thief. Because I was training myself how to do it, how to be a good one. My God, how to have stealth, how to have, amen, how to, how to uh, make the people look that way while I'm doing something over here. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. But God said, no. <laughs> uh, you, be, you need to learn. Look at the, the, the Ten Commandments. Yes. Keep looking. Keep looking. All right. Stop at number eight. There you go. Meditate on that one right there. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. He saved me what? From myself. Thank God. And some people steal in other ways. Uh, going to the crib, taking things that shouldn't be taken. Amen. Going in the uh, kids' playroom, taking things that shouldn't be taken, if you know what I mean. My God. And that's a sick thing that this world has. My God, babysitters doing what they shouldn't be doing. My God. It's like a Trojan horse. They come in there, clothed like a babysitter, but underneath they are ravenous wolves. My God. And stealing innocence from babies. That's another form of theft. My God. My God, stealing peace from folk. My God, that's not right. Leaders do it and followers and workers do it. My God, pastors do it and parishioners do it. Amen. Everybody trying to use the other one. My God, but we didn't come here. Amen. And follow the vision of God to turn, become a turncoat. I want to be like my father of lights where the good and perfect gifts come from. And there's no shadow of variableness. My God, I'm not a turncoat. What you see is what you get. Hallelujah. I'm going to be the same today, yesterday, and forever. Hallelujah. You come and join here to work the vineyard here with us. I'm not going to change. Hallelujah. I want to be holy from day one and then on. Hallelujah. I'm not going to try to get your number, girl. No. Hallelujah, God. Lisa gave me her number years ago, and I barely, amen, found out until I'm riding away. I said, oh, snap, I got her number. My God. Hallelujah. God just worked it out. Hallelujah, God. When I stopped trying to be God in certain areas of my life and just gave my whole life to God, then he said, now I can save you, amen, from your, uh, that part of yourself, too. Because we only let God work in certain areas of our life. But God said, you got to be like a child. I'm, I'm trying to grow you up. Ah, oh, in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You got to grow up. We got to let God do it. There are principles in the chapters of your life. Uh, five real quick ones. Do you entreat others as you would want to be entreated with respect and honor? Huh? Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is trying to help us grow up with that. Number two. Do you prayerfully judge yourself and afflict your own soul and do not condemn or afflict others? My God. 
Number three, do you spiritually reform your life and undo what you have done wrong? Sometimes we do wrong and we barely want to say sorry. And then we don't even, we really don't want to reform. Oh, no. You know, the Bible says you got to do more than say sorry. You got to make amends and you got to give. Hallelujah. Some people hurt you so bad, they owe you a bends. Hallelujah. According to God's standard, how bad they hurt you. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Anyhow. <laughs> Get it right. Get it right. Reform all the way. Hallelujah. Look at number four. Free those you are wrongfully oppressing in any way, making their lives better instead of bitter, destroying the yoke and helping others like it to be destroyed. Amen. And do you do number five? Do whatever God has put in your hands to do to help those in need of physical or spiritual nourishment and nutrition. And do it cheerfully without procrastination. My God, your turn will come someday and you will want somebody to treat you right. Amen. Jesus' sermon in the seventh chapter of Matthew is teaching us about such things. To have fellowship with him through prayer, and he's going to help us to get along with each other better. Amen. Applying the principles in Isaiah will also help you obtain the right spiritual status with God. Upon your realization of God's calling or his invitation for you to be saved from the penalty, power, and presence of sin, he wants you to call him back or ask about his invitation to his heavenly kingdom. In asking about it, you should inquire of what it means to be saved and what you must do to experience salvation. You ask about your calling in order to get instructions or directions to come over to his place and enjoy his fellowship. When he senses that you trust his word and really want to seek after him, the truths that uh, answer your questions will be revealed because you have reciprocated the gift of faith he placed in you making good of his investment. When you are uh, knowledgeable about those instructions or directions, it is then possible to take a journey of obedience to his place using his directions. Whatever your level of calling is, you must make your calling and election what? Sure, amen? Because it is possible for undedicated travelers to get lost when they have great zeal that is not backed up by divine knowledge, amen? So diligently and consistently seek God to remove all doubt and fear. Because if you have that in your heart, there's going to be torment there. And how do you get rid of it? By understanding his word as applied to your life. Brings us to the last trait we're talking about today. Trait number five, you need to have childlike expectancy. We've lost that as, a, as an adult sometimes. Bogged down by this, bogged down by bills. Everything's being deferred, put on hold, and we get tired. We become like a raisin in the sun, dried up. My God, after you are acquainted with God, you can begin seeking after his will. Your priority will be to see his face. And you won't let anything or anyone get in your way if you really want to make it to his place before it's too late. You don't want it to be said, what? Too late, my God. 
You know that there is an expected season for you to arrive. So, so you make haste to do his bidding. And hopefully, traffic hindrances, detours in life, roadblocks in life, and other related delays will be minimized or non-existent so that your arrival time is a what? Success. Now, the 23rd Psalm, think about that. That should be used as a testimony for the wise men in the past. Think about it. And we could use it even today as wise people who are seeking after Jesus as our Lord. The Lord is my what? Shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to what? He leadeth me. He what? Restoreth. Amen. What else? Amen. But what else though? You though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. We fear evil all the time. We base our life on fear. I'm not doing this, 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 and that because of certain fearful attitudes, fearful ideas, fearful philosophies that we make and contrive in our own private prophecies. But God is calling us out of that. I thank God that the wise men, they endured the terrain they had to go through to get to Bethlehem. We got to learn to go through. God is a go through God. We look at the Bible testimonies and we sit in Sunday school and in church with our cologne and perfume and good clothes, manicure, pedicure, all the stuff. My God, clean the hair out of our nose. We're here looking cute, looking cute. And we're talking about all the stuff that happened in the Bible. Oh, look at the look at the look at the look at the three Hebrew boys. My God, God went they, we went through the fire. You know, doesn't we preach with it? They went through the fire. My God, we just stump our toe. We get a little flat tire. We're ready to cuss God. It's a shame. We don't want to go through anything. We're spoiled Western Hemispherians. We got that Western Hemispherian weak, watered down Christianity. I can name it, claim it, and blab it, and grab it. Come on, a uh, hundred people get in the Cadillac line. Who need the Cadillac? Come on down. Oh, I got the Cadillac anointing in my hand. I hear all these preachers, all these crazy philosophies. I looked for that in Cadillac chapter 1, verse 9. It wasn't even in there. My God, we could prophesy in part, but the Lord does not make us into soothsayers. God has prophecies against being a soothsayer. He does not make us witches and warlocks to control the lives of others, to change their course so that it, be, it is befitting to how we want them to be under our power. God does not make his people, his people of faith, to become uh, witchcraft kind of uh, workers. We are not prophesying anymore we're just fortune telling we're not we're not giving the word of god what the spirit would have us say anymore we try to feel out the people what they want and we're using intuition and not the holy ghost we are using feelings in them and and hearsay and all that we're not hearing the holy ghost we're hearing what he said and hearing what she said around the corner we don't hear what he is saying and the day you hear his voice, you, you, you harden your heart. That's why. Because the Holy Ghost will say, do this and this and that. And, uh, that's not glamorous. 
God said, do this, do this, and that. Huh? That's not sexy. Go ye therefore and, and, and entertain the world. That's what the Bible said. Go ye therefore and entertain all nations. Go ye therefore and look cute to all nations. That's what it seemed like. I'm looking through the Christian newspaper. They send me leadership things, and I'm looking, and a lot of people just want to be sexy. The pastor's becoming sexy. They're getting their bills cut. They're going to the gym and holding the mic with their shirt tight, showing all their bills and their cuts. And the women, too. They got the low cuts, real low. How low can you go without something coming out? My God, it's a contest. My God, everybody want to look cute. Everybody look, want to look like that. My God, I'm sexier than you. My choir is sexier than yours. I heard some pastors arguing about that one time years back. My God, my equipment looked better. We got the more up to date. What you got, that rinky dink stuff? My God, yeah, just talking all this silly talk. My God, they're not men of God. My God, they're men of fortune. They, they, they had fortune tellers brought them in and gave them titles. They're not titles given by the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost gives you title based on your gifting that he gifted you with. Jesus gives severally as he will. Giftings, my God. And God wants us to grow up like that. We need childlike expectancy to know that God is going to move. He's going to give as he will give. And we have to wait on him and, and hear what he's saying to us. He wired us up. He knows how to fire us up. He knows how to get us going. But we got to wait on him. He's the Lord, my God. I will not lack anything. We got to get to that, Psalm 23. And lo and behold, if you find out how to do that and you keep seeking God, lo and behold, you will finally make it to the threshold, to the Holy of Holies. You notice that others are there knocking on the door, but they got refused. Do you want to be one of those? And, and, and finally, your turn comes to knock. But everybody got out of the way. You knocking now. Now, after knocking, calling to your Lord. You wonder if he knows you. It's me, Lord. Lord, Lord. But thank God, you know, your identification is immediately recognized. Don't you want that? And, and he lets you in. He opens the door to the realms of glory. Angels from the realms of glory. Hallelujah, God. That's what we want, my God. My friend, my friend. Are you suitable? Are you usable for God's will? Are you? Have you adhered to or complied with his discipleship terms? Uh, would you like to? Has the Holy Ghost been speaking to you? If you meet his spiritual specifications, you will be able to enter in at the straight and narrow gate that screens out everybody who does not really want it. My God, they don't really want to belong to God. They want to belong to what's popular in the world. We need to check the validation of our soul's ID. Does it have all the sufficient sacrificial blood of Jesus on it? Are you covered by the blood of the lamb? That gives you your right to uh, come right on in, a rite of passage, if you will. Are you enjoying the rewards of divine fulfillment given to those who have been faithful in their journey to Bethlehem? 
Have you diligently sought after God time and time again when the devil tried to turn you left and right and behind and too far fast? My God, have you stayed in the pocket where the Holy Ghost is trying to tutor you? Have you stayed there seeking God and letting him tell the truth about you? Have you done it? My God, are you cherishing? Are you worshiping? Are you honoring? Are you loving and respecting Jesus with your whole heart and your whole life? Are you? Is your career based on it? My God. Is your companionship based on it? My God, I thank God that I got a girl through Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We used to pray for our wives in college. I met up with some college Christians, my God, and we made our own little Christian group. When others were bowing to all kind of idols and speaking Greek and all this stuff, my God, looking crazy around the campus, we had the light of Jesus on our life and singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs at the drop of a dime. You got to learn how to, amen, put it in your whole lifestyle. See, we, we got to learn how to enjoy this life. Yes, it's hard. Yes. And it's impossible without Christ's spirit. Amen. But we got to learn how to have the joy of the Lord, unspeakable, full of glory. He helps us to enjoy the journey to Bethlehem. He does. You got to enjoy the presence of God. Amen. Before you get to Bethlehem. Amen. Because you're in the kingdom of heaven right now. You're an eternal being if you accepted Christ. And you're going to make it. He put it in your feet to make it. All you got to do is put one foot in front of the other. And the Holy Ghost going to lead you there. Hallelujah. You have nothing to worry about. Nothing to fear. You can make it to Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Thank God. God is instructing us how to get out of the wilderness. And make the journey. And make it with diligent haste. We need to be filled with God's bread of life and the pure water from the living river of water. My God, there is an eternal supply of love, joy, peace. You know the rest. Long suffering. Come on, help me. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Amen. They all work together to satisfy our soul. Won't you let Jesus rule and reign in your heart? making you a citizen of his eternal Bethlehem. Amen. Do you have the traits of a true Christian disciple? My God, help us. We want to make it in. We want God to be pleased with our life. Hallelujah. Thank God. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church Pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.